You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Lisa Wysocki, and today I am in Pleasant View, Tennessee, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 2nd, episode 3051. This episode is brought to you by Stateline Tack. Good morning, Horse World. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Now, I played that opener specifically. I know Jamie is not here, although she will be here very Yay! shortly. We're going to call her. Uh, but I played that specifically because I've been harassing Jamie now for 12 years. And at <laughs> yesterday was our anniversary. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, on today's show, Horses and History goes back to the Romans. And in the Daily Dose Horse Health Report, Dr. Jenny Johnson speaks about limb flight abnormalities. And I had to look that up. I had no idea. And listen to this. Uh, this was one that we had done a while ago. That's where your feet hit hit each other and, you know, things don't go smoothly with the horse when they're doing their uh, gates. So that's what limb flight abnormalities are, feet hitting each other and stuff. That happens. Yep. And how that can relate to lameness. Plus, we have some weird equine news. Lisa has some news also. So we have a lot to do on today's show. Also, in the Auditor Post Show, we're going to talk about how handy we are, because Lisa had some experience with that this morning. <laughs> but And also, before we get to Jamie, I wanted to say a happy belated National Authors Day to you. Well, thank you. That was yesterday. Did you even know? I did not even know. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? But it's nice. One of my authors posted on Facebook. That's the only reason I knew. Yeah. Everybody gets their news on Facebook now. Yes, that's right. That's the only reason I know anything. So, yeah, you're you're a big-time author. Yay, thank oh, you. Happy Author's Day. Thank you. Apparently, it's a well-celebrated thing in the world because you didn't even know. Exactly. So. <laughs> so, yesterday, and I forgot this, Jamie texted me a happy anniversary, and I forget this every year. She remembers it every year, of course. Uh, but it was our 12th anniversary for Horses in the Morning. We started November 1st, 2010 was our first episode. That is absolutely amazing. So Daily Show, we've been going 12 years. We're going into our 13th year now, which is kind of exciting. And uh, Kind of. It's very exciting. <laughs> we're, thank you for filling in. You filled in for probably half of that time you've been coming on this show. Oh, at in. least, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we appreciate that. Uh, and, you know, we appreciate Jamie hanging in there all these years. But more importantly, I wanted to thank the listeners for listening all these years. You know, we've had some of them were commenting yesterday that they remember episode one and what they were doing. What oh, horse my they goodness. Were riding. So uh, and then one of them uh, said, Chantel said, I, I remember that I had to download it onto my pink Zune. No. Yes. No. <laughs> so for all you youngsters out there, look up what that. We'll look up what a Zoom is, and that'll tell you. But there wasn't a whole lot of those sold. I think she was probably our one Zoom listener. Wow. I wow. own Zoom too. I owned uh, I, uh, 
iPods. I owned iPods, but I also owned a Zune. And that was so we could check and see if the show was working on Zune. <laughs> that was before smartphones, people. And if you think in the bigger scheme of things, 12 years is not all that long as far as technology goes. But look how far we've come in oh, 12 years. But in technological terms, it's huge. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Know, I mean, basically, when we started, there were no iPhones. You know, they were the no. first smartphones. There were none of those. We were using flip phones. Uh, so <laughs> the only way you could listen to us remotely was to download the sound file onto your computer and then transfer it to your iPod or your Zoom. <laughs> in Chantel's case, her the one in the country that had one. Exactly. Um, <laughs> She's probably the only one that owned a pink one. So what we wanted to do was give Jamie a call. She said we could call her today and interrupt her clinic uh, because I want to wish her a happy anniversary in person. And also, we need to get an update on how this clinic's going. It's oh, absolutely. Two weeks, right? I know. And, and I've seen all these great photos on Facebook. It's just been wonderful to watch. It really has. So we're yeah. going to do it old school. And call her live here, because I'll tell you what, this is how we used to do it in the old days when we were alive. And whatever <laughs> happens, happens. So let's hope she doesn't swear when she answers. <laughs> That's a distinct possibility when I call her. Always an adventure. <laughs> she says I'm not her boss anymore, so she can swear. <laughs> let's see. This is old school. It is. I heard a phone. She won't answer. Now you watch. Should be yeah, should be in the middle of something. something. Yeah, even though I told her I was calling. Yeah. That's probably why she won't answer, because she told her she were calling. That's right. That's <laughs> yep. Look at this. She's not going to answer. Yep. Are you there? Hello? Jamie Jennings. Oh. Hello? <laughs> <That's her> voicemail. <laughs> Of course, she didn't answer. <laughs> She's fired. <laughs> the next 12 years are over. We'll catch up with her at some point here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is how it used to be when we did the live show. It was like, okay, well, that happened. Now we just move on. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, you know. <laughs> it's fun. Well, maybe we can call her later. Yes. We'll I'd, get love, I'd love to get caught up. Or she'll call back. One of, the, yeah. one of the two. We'll take her call when she calls. There you go. All right. Let's do some daily winnies in the meantime. Well, I have a couple other birthdays today. Happy birthday to Brennan Dennis, Cynthia Rowland, Courtney Dew, and Sherry Wood. Now, Sherry Wood is not an auditor, but I get, gave her a birthday wish because Sherry Wood is the artist that originally drew the Horse Radio Network logo. Really? Yes. So the little horsey microphone guy? It's a great uh, logo. Yeah, was, I still get compliments from professional marketing people about that logo. Um, and she was the one that drew that logo 14 years ago. Oh, my um, goodness. And she did the Horses in the Morning logo, too, with the Horsey Sun. Yeah. She did that logo as well. And those two logos, I get more compliments on those than probably any other thing we've done over the years. Especially the little horsey microphone dude. Yeah. Um, who we call Norman, by the way. 
Um, Norman. Norman is his name. <laughs> so, and that was named after a horse that one of our friends had, a little little uh, ugly horse that one of our friends had, and we just called the <laughs> called the logo Norman too. So yeah, so that's uh, that's the story. Sherry Wood was the one that did that. It's her birthday, so happy birthday, Sherry! But thank you for all of these years. Uh, that logo has endured, and even when the new company bought us, they said, "Yeah, that logo is not going anywhere." Because if you see the little horsey microphone dude now, and you know who we are, you. Mm-hmm. No, it's us, right? You oh, don't even definitely. Need to see anything else, right? It's like the, it's like the peacock, um, from from NBC. Same thing. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Uh, so that was cool. That was one of the best things that ever happened. Was that logo? And how did you even find Sherry? She works with Kentucky Performance Products. Ah. So it was Karen at Kentucky Performance Products. She does the art for them. So Karen referred me to her. I said, I need a logo for this. And she said, well, you Sherry. And we did. And that's how it all came about. And ironically, Karen from Kentucky Performance Products is coming down to Ocala. Oops. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's coming down to Ocala this weekend, and we're having dinner with her. So Yay! It's funny how the world uh, stays the same in many cases. Yes, and is very small. Is very small. All right, now it's your turn. So my Daily Winnie goes to our local chapter of Sisters in Crime. And Glenn, Sisters in Crime is an international organization of mystery readers and uh, writers, and so we had a little uh, workshop at the at the farm at Colby's Army on Saturday that I was part of with two other authors, and it just went really, really well. And we had a uh, a really fun kind of uh, mystery themed scavenger hunt, and and um, it was it was just fun. And so I just wanted to to just give a shout out to to them and and to all the people who came just for um, you know supporting supporting me as an author and and supporting Sisters in Crime. It was a really fun day. I often wonder, do, are people still coming out to book signings? They are. Yeah. 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 I it's it's uh it was slow there for a while obviously during COVID, but but yeah. Uh but we did a we did a a workshop so I talked on character development, somebody else did plot development, and somebody else did scene setting and and it was just it was just really really fun. It was just such a great group of people. You know how you go to an event Glenn and sometimes it just works. Yes. You know? And and this was one of those times. It was just, you know, the group of people, everybody got along, everybody got something out of it and and it was just fun. Very good. Well, we are going to do our Horses in History next. I put this together. Uh, it's called A Stable of Marble. And actually, this one is written by Gail Stewart, who wrote this one. So I added some music and some fun, and we're going way back in time to Roman times here to talk about one particular horse and one particular emperor. A Stable of Marble by Gail Stewart. This is one of the strangest horse stories in history, one that's been told and retold for over 2,000 years. In those days, around 37 AD, horses had a rough go of it. They charged into battle as war horses, then they were harnessed up for chariot races, the most popular sport in Rome, where they risked life and limb in the Circus Maximus. 
built prior to the Roman Colosseum, the Circus Maximus was an oval-shaped track about 2,000 feet long and 600 feet wide, with two turning posts at either end. Up to 200,000 Romans gathered here to cheer on their favorite charioteers. Chariots are two-wheeled and pulled by one horse or teams of two horses, four horses, or eight horses. They raced counterclockwise seven times around the oval, with the sharp turns at either end. It was a dangerous business for all concerned. A free-for-all where horses tripped and fell, they got tangled in their harnesses, and they were trampled. Charioteers fell out all the time and died under thundering hooves and wheels. One day, Caligula, Rome's young emperor who ascended to the throne at the age of 24, made his way to Circus Maximus. There, a certain stallion racing in the harness and colors of charioteer Eutychus caught his eye. A big, strong stallion with fire in his eyes and invisible wings on his feet. The stallion held the most important and dangerous position of all in the chariot, the front and farthest left. It was his responsibility to make the precise pivots around the turning posts. If he swung too far out or clipped the post by swinging too close, the race and often the chariot were lost. This stallion was smart and sure-footed and knew his job. Eutychus and his stallion claimed the victory. Then Caligula decided to claim the stallion for himself. You may continue to race this horse, Caligula told Eutychus, but from now on he belongs to me. And so on that day, the handsome stallion became Caligula's. And it was his last normal day on earth before moving into a bizarre life on Caligula's palace grounds. Caligula was the great-great-grandson of Julius Caesar and an enigma to everybody. At first, he treated his subjects kindly, and they returned his affection. Then things went awry. Young Caligula suffered a catastrophic illness, a disease that stole his sanity. He became cruel, deluded, and tortured and killed his subjects at whim. Conversely, though, he found joy in his new horse. He housed him in a stable of marble, fed him from a manger of ivory. He wore a blanket of imperial purple and a halter adorned with precious jewels. A legion of servants tended to his every need. He was made a Roman citizen, a senator, and a priest. And one ancient legend says he was given a mare named Penelope for a wife. Caligula arranged for his horse to invite dignitaries to grand banquets, at which the stallion was served oats with gold flake relishes, chicken, and even roasted quail. Alarmed citizens of Rome realized that Caligula's heaping of human honors upon his stallion dovetailed with his apparent decline into madness. Eutychus saw it too, and stayed loyal to his stallion, secretly sneaking into his stall to feed him proper food of good oats and grain, and the horse continued to thrive and win races. So what was the emperor's purpose in his behavior toward his horse? Did Caligula really intend to award him the title of council, the highest level of political office in Roman times? Were the grand banquets hosted by a stallion elaborate jokes? The hypothesis has been put forward that Caligula's handling of the stallion was a royal ruse, designed to provoke the Roman senators. Others say it was a satirical play, comparing the Roman senate to a horse, implying that a horse could do as well as the human senators. Caligula's erratic behavior and excesses wore thin. He ruled for only five years, and his own guards murdered him at the age of 29. In modern culture, Caligula is usually referenced as a tyrant, a cruel madman, while his horse remains a sorry figure. 
As far back as 1742, the stallion has been used as an allegory, a reference to political incompetence. He was a subject of a poem titled Caligula, written in 1974. In 2000, a radio program produced by the British Broadcasting Company told the story of Caligula from his horse's point of view. He was mentioned in the novels I, Claudius, and Atlas Shrugged. And what was the name of this ancient legend? A horse humanized by Caligula? His original name starkly contrasted with the life he was later to lead. It was Porcellus, which in Latin means little pig. This name, of course, would not do for Caligula. So he gave him a new name, which means swift. That name was Incitatus. This story was written by author Gail Stewart. She wrote the book 100 Horses in History, True Stories of Horses Who Shaped Our World. You can find that book and all of her other books at 100horsesinhistory.com. That's 100, the numbers, 100horsesinhistory.com. Well, Stateline Tech is our sponsor for today at StatelineTech.com. And if you head over there right now, this is Wednesday, they're still having what they're calling the Halloween Candy Hangover. So it's a sweet sales event going on right now. And I went into that section. Just click on the big banner at the top of the page. And they have a lot of oaks. Oh, wait a minute. Hold off. We have to hold on. Jamie Jennings, happy anniversary. Oh, hello. Thank you. Happy anniversary to you. We figured maybe you were holding a horse or chasing Zeus around the farm when we called earlier. To be fair, yeah, we figured- I was actually in the bathroom. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds more like it. <laughs> That's a story of our show. So we were trying to do it as live, and we were calling you as live like the old days, and then you didn't answer, so it was so funny, because that's like the old days. <laughs> oh, <God>. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. you reminded me again, and I apologize, my friend, for forgetting our anniversary once again for the 12th year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's okay. The only reason I remembered it is because Facebook memories told me. So. Uh, oh, Facebook memories. 12 years. We're going into our 13th year of doing this. I just, that makes me feel old, Glenn. Yeah. Well, I am old. So I, I'm, I've been feeling that for a long time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it's definitely been cra- a crazy 12 years and, and not to disappoint. Um, you know, in the world of horses, I have, I have these folks here that are learning you know all the monty roberts concepts in the intro course and everything's going great and what happens on sunday is my pregnant broodmare decides to come down with a massive life-threatening colic where i have to rush her to the hospital and decide whether to put her down or not after no. the ultrasound oh of her bait oh my god i do have great news the great news is she's coming home today. Holy cow. Not so great news is Jesus the Bill. Oh my God. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about good news, she's coming home today. Well, I'm glad she's coming home. I didn't know anything about that. I'm glad she's coming home today. I know. I it's been crazy. And you know, of course, like Sunday, I'm like, let's all go do this and we're gonna go do this. we're gonna go watch some polo and we're gonna do this and we have this whole all this horsey day planned for all of the participants, and then I'm like, Never mind, I'm going to the hospital. <laughs> like if that's not horses, I don't know what is. Well, some of those are <laughs> listeners, so they know that they know your stories. So yeah. 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 We've got two auditors here. 
Monica and Jen, and then I've got two young ladies here, 15 and 17, that are awesome, Greta and Sophie, and it's just been an awesome experience, you know, and it's funny, watching the younger ones learn versus watching the us, us older ones learn, wow, this kid's pick it up a lot quicker. <laughs> <laughs> We're like... Oh, we have old lady brains. Cause like I do a demonstration. <laughs> I'm like, this is how you do it. And I forgot something completely huge. Like they're like the girl, the kids are like, you forgot that. And all the <laughs> old ladies are like, Oh God. <laughs> Well, we've all been watching on Facebook. We've all been watching all the photos and the videos and all of that. So that's been fun. It's just been, you know, Glenn and and Lisa, you understand, like, I have to provide a lot of horse. And what I've realized is having a lot of horses is a great thing. And I think I need more. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm like they're so useful. Do you like having a husband, or is that getting old now? <laughs> it, you know, he's he he just kind of comes home at night and he's like, okay, he, you know, honestly, he's been gone most of this time, so he was like, are you, you know, are you getting everything done? He's using all the horses. I was like, I need more. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been fun watching the little light bulbs come on for for the last week and a half with your students? Oh, it's just been awesome. It's been awesome. And the horses have just been the best teachers. You know, as the instructor, you try to match up the right horse to the right person for the right time. And what I've realized is the horses will make the decision for you. You know, you don't have to work so hard on it because the horses are just going to mirror the student no matter what. Um, So it's been awesome to see the horses and, and see them come around and help these people learn all of the the concepts and ideas like you want to get a perfect join up. Guess what? You better do it right. Cause the horses are not going to cheat for you, you know? So, <laughs> well, you know, I was just thinking too, you know, this is our anniversary. You wouldn't be doing this clinic right now. Had we not done this show 12 years ago. I know. I definitely owe everything to, to this job and, and, and all of it because, because of this, we had, I remember we interviewed Debbie Laux a few times yep. and had, had Monty on the show and they were doing a clinic in Arizona when I lived there and I decided to go see it and I was hooked. I was was hooked. that the first I time? I was learn. wondering when the first time you actually met Mon- Monty was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw him when I was a kid, like when I was a, a teenager, uh, do a demonstration when I was in school. Like, um but it was a join-up demo, you know, it was join-up and starting racehorses. Well, when I went to see his actual clinic, I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much more than just join-up. It's it's the whole process of starting horses and, and figuring out how to make horses want to do things as opposed to forcing them to do things. And that's when I was hooked. And that was February of 2015 was the first time I, I met Debbie and, and Monty. And then I took my first course that summer. And it's been uphill ever since. (laughs) Well, I had an opportunity earlier in the show to thank the listeners. Is there any, is there something you want to say to listeners or auditors or? Oh my gosh. First of all, thank you for sticking with us. You know, I mean, it's just been such a journey and, and, and I do know when Monica showed up here, she was like, is it weird that like 
people know everything about you? <laughs> and I was like, well, it is now. <laughs> I forget what I say after the show is over, you know, but you just, I, I just want to thank everybody for, for living uh, the last 12 years with us. And, and, you know, I think too, uh, I went on Facebook and started looking at people's comments after you posted the happy anniversary thing and just how, how kind our listeners are and how generous with their words and, and how consistent everybody is. And, and, and like, I'm like, y'all are thanking me. Like we wouldn't have this show if, if they weren't listening and if our sponsors weren't believing in us. And so it's such a cool community that I got to give credit to you that you created and Lisa, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being a part of all of it. And, and, and being such a rock and helping helping out at any time and and to the listeners for listening and and just being so so kind it's 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 hard to find kindness online except for with our listeners I agree. And, you know, especially the auditors and our focus group, who, you know, is a group of 12 people who listen to every episode and, and comment on every episode. And they take their job very seriously. By the way, I Jamie's the only other one part of that room other than the focus group participants. And they love Lisa, don't they? She's a good fill-in because they love Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> and I love them. I don't know who they are, but I love them. <laughs> I'm starting to feel a little threatened to be honest. So... <laughs> No need. No need whatsoever. <laughs> okay. She's what? like, I don't want to do this crap for 12 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she has to drive, actually, to find a place that has internet to actually do it. So There you go. Um, one other thing before you go is, uh, you haven't heard the latest, is Lisa is meeting with people now. Uh, the TV show is like a real thing, based on the books. Oh she has Brad gosh. Pitt playing me. Who is playing Jamie? <laughs> well, first of all, Glenn's a liar. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think Brad Pitt really is at the point in his career where he should step down to TV. Yeah, yeah. really, <laughs> he should. Yeah. He yeah. should play Glenn. Yeah, he should right. play Glenn. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So do we have a, do we have anybody in mind for Jamie at this point? You know, uh, Jamie, just throw out your names and I'll do what I can, which is <laughs> not much. But <laughs> well, in the same vein as Brad Pitt doing TV, I'm going to go with Sandra Bullock. So oh, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. I'm sure she loves like side parts and and uh, and TV and and books turned into movies. She's you know, so much older than you, though. She's so much older, but than she you. looks good. She still yeah, looks. She good. does look good. She still yeah. looks good. I don't think yeah. Sandra Bullock and, will ever look bad. <laughs> no. And honestly, Lisa, that's all I really care about is how pretty are they? Like, okay. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Well, so what we could do, you know, just to, to stir it up a little bit, we could have Brad Pitt play Glenn and then Angelina Jolie play Liu. <laughs> you oh, do you know who I actually saw fun. playing Jamie? And I realize she's a tiny bit younger, but it would work. It, and, and Jamie has played her, so it's perfect, is Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you played Katniss Everdeen, you know, in your big triumphant uh, freestyle. So I think she she has that snarky attitude. I kind of think oh, it I could see that. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see it. Too. Yeah. Here's what I would like to suggest. If if Glenn is going to be played by Brad Pitt or, you know, George Clooney, any of those, I would be more than happy to play myself. Like, okay. I'm cool with that. <laughs> 
if, if Chris Hemsworth is involved at all, sign me. I think I'd be better played by like Woody Harrelson, actually, to be honest. Oh, um, I could see George Clooney playing you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see yeah. that. Yeah, as I said, I think it's I'm a more Woody Harrelson, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> And just right, so everybody thanks, knows, <laughs> bye, Jamie. Hey, Back to clinicking happy, now. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much. Happy anniversary, and thanks to all the listeners for supporting us this long. It's just so fun to meet you and spend time with you and get to know you online. And and I just I thank every single one of you for for being a part of our lives. Are you coming back Monday with stories? No. Okay. I'm never coming back. <laughs> this is great. I was just telling Sophie, I'm like, I kind of like this lounging around drinking coffee in the morning. This is nice. Yeah, yeah don't get used to it. See you Monday morning. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Well, there you go. There's Jamie and her. Ch- I'm glad she called. <clears throat> I am too. And she sounds like she's having a good time. Yeah, I haven't talked to her at all either. So. Where were we? State Line Tack, Halloween Candy Hangover. Right now, you can go there for their sale. They have a lot of the oak products on sale. Do you have you ever owned any of the oak products? That's you know, I have not, actually. but I want to. And I have a really good friend who just swears by them. Yeah, so. the people that try them really like them. Yes, you know? yes. Um, and they have a bunch of oak products, including parkas and boots. And uh, oak used to have just a couple of different things. We used to go to the trade shows and see their products start to show up. And then they have a full line of products. And they have a lot of oak products, carrots products, and also Good Rider products mm. uh, on sale right now over at their Halloween candy hangover. And the other banner I saw there, and I wanted to mention, was they have Kelly Heard jewelry there. And they have the new lines of Kelly her jewelry for the holidays and those of you that have been around for the 12 years here in horses in the morning know that we have a good relationship with kelly hurd uh i love kelly we see him all the time at shows he's been so supportive of radiothons and donating products and prizes and he has the most beautiful stuff so you can get that also at statelinetech.com now let's head over. Well, let's talk first about the Equus Film Festival. You told me some exciting news before the show. Yeah, so so I um, sent in three things to the Equus Film Festival. It was my my latest two books, The Rain Equation and The Mysterious Horse House. And then I also sent in a photo that I had taken of um, our therapy horses and turned it into black and white. And it won first place at our local county fair, which you know isn't oh my saying God, a whole. Are they still doing that? They are. Pumpkins they are. and squash and people bringing their tomatoes oh, yes, in and, and the and, whole thing. <laughs> yes, and you know yeah. what, Glenn? We have won in the tomato competition for the last six years. Well, you have like 6,000 tomato plants. We do. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you should. You have more tomato plants than anybody in the county. Yeah, and so our tomatoes and peppers always do well, and, and we're just so excited about that. When we, but When we stopped at your place, <laughs> if you remember, during the roadshow, it was tomato season. You gave us like a bushel to take with us. We <laughs> did, yeah. <laughs> and said, please take them. You can't leave. <laughs> unless you take them. <laughs> so, so anyway, all three are finalists in the Equus Film Festival, which is really great. I'm so excited, but the timing doesn't work out really well for me. So, so Glenn, I, uh, the, it, the awards are on Sunday night, December 4th in Sacramento, California. And of, co- of course, I'm, you know, in Nashville, Tennessee. The Equus Film Festival end up in Sacramento. I don't know. I don't know, but there it is. And the so, of California. Or am I wrong? It is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. I hadn't even thought about that. The only reason I know Sacramento. <laughs> there you go. So, um, so anyway, you know, go, our local Christmas parade is the night before here in Ashland mm-hmm. City. 
And anybody who has done any kind of local parades, it's a big deal. It's a big mm. deal. And for us, we, we get very competitive. There's normally like, I don't know, 60 or 70 floats. And we typically get an award. We typically do really well. Do so I have, horses? we don't bring the horses now. No, and it's all themes, and it's 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 like a night parade, and you have to have lights on your float, and and this theme is uh, Christmas movies, so we have to figure oh, that out. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so I I did something really stupid, Glenn. I <laughs> I, I I booked a five a.m. flight Sunday morning out of Nashville, and so I'll get to Sacramento, and I'll be able to take part a little bit in the festival. I'll go to the awards Sunday night, and then I'm flying right back home on Monday because I've got me meetings on Tuesday. So I just know I'm just going to be a blithering idiot that whole week. (laughs) (laughs) And it, you know, I mean, it all depends on, you know, are the flights going to like the connecting flights? Are they going to make it? And am I going to be awake enough to make it to the connecting flight? And (laughs) so, so if I get out, so the Christmas parade is going to end like, I don't know, nine o'clock and then, you know, I have to take the truck to the airport. So we have to take all the decorations off the truck and then I have to get up at three to get to the airport on time for a, so anyway well and this also to, rang in my head hey we do more than films at the equus film festival now yes and so i'm really excited about the photo because i've never you know other than the the county fair i've never done anything photography wise and i didn't even uh, know they did that so they do books and photos and all kinds of and things, podcasts right? and and uh poetry and all kinds it's the i think it's the equus film and literary arts festival I don't or know something why i never entered podcasts in it yeah, they're really good people. They're yeah, I, we've had them on the, every year almost since they started. Yeah, yeah, and I've never. Diana DeRosa going to be there? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's probably going to be there, Glenn, except you, except me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sacramento's such a destination. I really should have wanted to go. <laughs> you should want to go. <laughs> but it, but I will say it's it's east of Sacramento on this really cool um, like looks like horse spa thing or people spa place. So. Um, so I'm excited about Not going. That you're even though... have time for any of that. No, no, I'll be there like two hours. <laughs> yeah, no spying for you. No. No. <laughs> this but... horse segment is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. We actually took this one from a past episode from 2011, uh, but it was good information, and it's come up recently. We saw on some posts, and it's talking about limb flight abnormalities and what that means as your hooves hit each other and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, and how it could relate to lameness. And we had Dr. Jenny Johnson from Oak Hill Shockwave and Therapy Chiropractic in California. We're going to uh, talk about uh, limb flight and how it can play a role in, under- in the understanding of lameness and also in uh, the role it plays in, in the generation of lameness, if you will, in the horse. And I'll, I'll start by talking generally about some areas of uh, limb flight that are abnormal and, and how that can affect a horse's gait and their way of going. Now, obviously, abnormalities of limb flight can cause interference of one limb with another limb. And I'm going to talk about some horses other than just the, the hunters and jumpers that are primarily our listeners for this show, just to include it for completeness and also because, as you know, even though something may be typical in one breed of horse or one discipline of equestrian activity, it does not preclude it from happening in other uh, types of horses or in other disciplines. So in this case, one of the things, one of the types of horses and disciplines where you see interference a lot and from which 
a great deal of understanding of interference can be gained is in the, in the standard bred world. Trotters and pacers are continually dealing with limbs interfering with one another and how to make adjustments in the horse's equipment as well as in the horse's hoof balance um, to help minimize that interference. And in any horse, faulty conformation can increase the risk of developing interference, and any gait uh, at speed has an increased likelihood of interference. So you have a greater likelihood of interference at the trot than at the walk and more at the canter than at the, than at the trot. And again, faulty conformation combined with a faster gait is going to lead to even greater incidents or likelihood of interference happening. Now, chronic, chronic interference can in itself be a sole reason for lameness or poor performance in the horse. And again, this is commonly noted in, in standard bred racehorses. You'll have a horse that potentially hits its knees or hits one area of the leg, and that can itself be a cause for lameness because of the trauma. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about front foot interference. And first, I'll talk about the one front foot hitting the other front foot. Horses that toe out tend to wing in in their limb flight. Uh, and because of that, it predisposes them to interference, one, you know, one front foot hitting the other front foot. Additionally, a horse that has a base narrow conformation is predisposed to having that forelimb interference. Now, some horses will walk very closely, very narrow, uh, but then will widen out as they uh, increase their speed at the faster gates, and it is not a problem, but something to watch for. Now, you can also have interference where one hind foot is hitting the other hind foot. This, I think, is probably more common in our hunters and jumpers. You'll see the horse that travels close behind, and they tend to sometimes, you'll see scars or scrapes either on the inside of their pasterns or their fetlocks, and you'll see a lot of horses that have to wear hind ankle boots to protect that area. And that, that can be a cause of lameness just because of the trauma of hitting the other leg. As you can imagine, that would get quite sore. Those issues can be addressed uh, by shoeing issues, by shoeing uh, methods sometimes. But again, it's something to look at when you're looking at a horse. Uh, just something to take notice of. How closely does the horse travel behind? Is there any indication that there's been any interference? Are there any scars or is there any thickening of the skin or a loss of hair in the area of the inside of the fetlocks or the pastures that could give you a little bit of a tip-off? to that. Now, you can also have interference with the same limb. This is probably most common in trotters or gated horses, and when you have interference with the same limb, what happens is the hoof or shoe hits the elbow of the same side. Now, you can also see this occasionally in jumpers. Certain horses will jump in such a way where they really tuck their knees up and they can actually bang the back of their forearm or their elbows with their shoes. And that it's very rare, but it certainly can be seen. Probably more common is a horse that may hit their abdomen, uh, thus the, the popularity of the belly guard girth, which uh, help prevent trauma from the shoes and also from studs that horses may have in their shoes uh, from injuring them when they snap their knees up so significantly. Now, the other type of um, interference that you could have is front, uh, front foot hitting the same hind limb. Again, this is, uh, I will bring some examples from the standard bred world because we, some of the terminology comes from that field, but also these things can be seen in all, in all disciplines of horses. Now, it, the term for the interference depends where the front foot is hitting the hind limb. 
scalping is a term that's used to describe interference where the front foot hits the dorsal aspect of the hind foot or hits basically near the coronary band on the, on the front of the back foot. Speedy cutting is another terminology, and that's used when the front foot is hitting the front aspect of the back pastern. And then shin hitting, shin hitting is exactly what it sounds like. The front foot is hitting the, the front of the back cannon bone. And then occasionally you can also have hawk hitting, but that would be pretty unlikely. Uh, and in pacers, you will sometimes see the front foot hitting the opposite hind limb, but that's usually only in pacers. Now, in hind foot interference, we have what's called forging, and I would imagine that most of our listeners are probably somewhat familiar with forging, and that is when the hind foot is, sitting, is hitting the front foot on the same side. Sometimes you'll hear, you'll hear this. You can hear it, uh, you know, a, a classic uh, clanking sound, basically, or clicking sound. The hind foot with the shoe will hit the front shoe on the, on the same side. Many times it happens when the horse is a little bit long. They haven't been shod recently. It can lead to problems because the horse may overreach uh, and pull off that front shoe. It doesn't necessarily, the, the forging in itself doesn't necessarily cause lameness, and it is something that many, in many cases can be addressed by shoeing changes. Um, but it is something also to take notice of, particularly if you're looking at a new horse or looking at a horse to purchase. I would evaluate that closely because if it is something that's severe, it could potentially lead to some lameness problems down the road, or if not lameness, it could lead to management issues down the road in terms of keeping the shoes on and, and preventing significant trauma to the front feet or the heels of the front feet from that interference from the hind limbs. And so that's, those are some basic ideas about limb flight and interference. And the next area that we'll be talking about will be more specific abnormalities of limb flight in the forelimb and then also in the hind limb that we can go on to talk about, and we can talk about different um, problems associated with different conformations and different limb flight patterns. There, there is one book that I would recommend wholeheartedly. It's, it's called Diagnosis and Management of Lameness in the Horse, and it's authored by Mike Ross and Sue Dyson, both a, tremend, a tremendous team of lameness practitioners. Mike Ross is a surgeon at the University of Pennsylvania, and Sue Dyson, of course, is in the U.K., and it's, it's a fabulous reference book. It is designed for veterinarians, but certainly the lay person, the owner, the trainer with an interest in lameness would value this book greatly. It has a tremendous uh, amount of detail about very specific lamenesses, um, about the lameness exam. It also comes with a CD or a DVD that actually shows examples of specific lamenesses and their references throughout the book as to where they can find on the DVD examples of what is being discussed in the text. And I think that's one of the first books, first lameness books that I'm aware of that has that com combination of the, the textbook description of things combined with an actual DVD that shows you a video of what they're talking about. And that in itself is very powerful and can really elucidate what's being discussed in the book itself. Daily Dose Equine offers a full line of handcrafted horse feeds to maximize the health and performance of horses and ponies of all ages. Each custom feed has been developed with whole grains and non-GMO ingredients to eliminate the risk of herbicide contamination.
They are horse people themselves and have seen firsthand the difference that superior nutrition can have in our equine partners. We invite you to learn more about Daily Dose Equine's origins and find a formula that is perfect for your equine partner at DailyDoseEquine.com. And Glenn, I hear that Scooter eats the Carb Buster. Yeah, Scooter eats Carb Buster and he gets about two cups a day and plus hay and salt and that kind of things. And you know what? All his nutritional needs are met. He's as happy as he's ever been. Jennifer's taken him in his first little competition. I think it's an in-hand class at like a cowboy. Uh, I don't know. It's like I am so excited. You know, we yeah. go through obstacles and stuff. Yeah. And he loves that stuff. So she's taken him in that and I think she's going to ride Nigel in it. But uh, so we're going to, we're going to take him over and that'll be his first little competition that he's ever done and uh, hopefully he doesn't do a Zeus. Oh, he um, will have a blast. He will have a blast. Now, will. are you going to get nervous watching him? Uh, she, oh, I, at first, I thought she wanted me to do it and, you know, I, I just don't, I never wanted to compete with the horses because I just didn't need the pressure. Yeah. So, and not like this is serious competition, but no, uh, but, no she's going to do it. She's going to take a minute. She wanted, but, but are you going to watch? Oh, is yeah, that going to make you nervous? Oh, no, no, not really. Uh, I mean, okay. not. Not for the, what made me nervous was her doing big jumps when she was an inventor. That made well, me, <laughs> that made me nervous on some sketchy horses at times. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Speaking of competitions, Arena Saddles has a sportsmanship award going on right now, and this is to honor equestrians who put others before themselves and display acts of selflessness selflessness, uh, kindness, and integrity in the horse community. So if you know somebody that is like that, and it doesn't have to be a famous rider, it can just be, you know, somebody you know who's really given back to the horse world and set an example by creating a positive and encouraging environment, uh, you can nominate them for the Arena Saddle Sportsmanship Award. Arena is one of our terrific sponsors. All nominations must be in before November 30th. And uh, then they'll pick a winner, and the winner will get their choice of an arena saddle. So uh, if there's somebody in your life like that, feel free to – and you probably have a 10 you're thinking of right now. Let's oh, I, I – I, more. There's <laughs> so them. many. Yes. Nominate them. And again, it doesn't have to – it can be somebody that you think has been unrecognized for everything they've done for the horse world. Uh, go out and nominate them today. And uh, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can just click right there on your podcast player and go do your nomination. Thank you to Arena Saddles for sponsoring that. Well, Jamie is not here, and she's usually in charge of this, but we found some weird news. Ooh. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Today, it's Glenn and Lisa's Weird News, and we're starting off in Australia. That's right. We're not starting in Florida. We're not starting in (laughs) Oklahoma. We're starting in Australia. Other countries have weird news, too. And what's going to make this weird news unique is that they're all horse stories. I found all horse stories. Love that. A shocking video has emerged. <laughs> I, I got. I know I'm not supposed to laugh at people fighting, but... Okay, so picture the scene. We've just finished the spring racing carnival in Brisbane, Australia. They're getting ready for the Melbourne Cup, which is one of the biggest races in the world, right? Right. Well, the brawl... That's right, I said brawl. Reportedly took place at the Brisbane City Botanical Gardens. 
So now we're just coming out of spring racing. So picture about six uh, young women dressed for spring racing to the hilt in their cocktail dresses and their hats and all of that stuff. And now we're going to the Botanical Gardens, Chris Fane. <laughs> and that's where the brawl broke out. And there's a video of all of this, of course. And it was really bizarre seeing women in cocktail dresses beating each other up. That's, <laughs> that's what it was. It started when a woman in a green dress ran at another woman and barged her to the ground with a knee and a hand to the face. That's exactly what happened, too. Oh, my goodness. And a, ma- a guy tried to break it up, and that's when other women got involved. Uh, when we were done, there were six women brawling, uh, all in their cocktail dresses. Um, you could hear the onlookers yelling for the women to stop. I actually think they were yelling for them to keep going myself. Probably, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was one woman in a red dress that was dragged over a guardrail. Um, then another one got a a pin to a fence. She was in a blue dress, by the way. Uh, and then a woman in a white dress was punching another woman that was on the ground. And a couple of the women, the dresses were up pretty much over their heads. So you could see all the bits. Uh, It was just something else. You could hear a guy shouting, oi, oi, stop it. And that's what he was saying because it was Australia. Uh, get off her. Don't hit her. Get off her. And I figured that was the boyfriend who was on the sidelines. Oh, probably. You could hear him, but he wasn't getting involved. He wasn't running in there other than his yell because he was going out. I'm like in the middle of that. Um, so, yeah, they apparently the Queensland police have seen the footage, but they have not made any arrests and nobody's filed any complaints. So I don't know how it ended. It cut off and I didn't get to see. The so the so who videotaped it? A bunch of people. Apparently, there okay. were many videos. There's always okay. many videos. True. True. So we had a brawl of women in cocktail dresses after coming from the races in the Botanical Garden, which is supposed uh, to be peaceful. Supposed to be. <laughs> Not in Brisbane. <laughs> well, well, Glenn, our, our second piece of weird news also comes from Australia. Um, when protests started against the in quotation marks, cruel Melbourne Cup. So animal rights protesters sported inflatable Tyrannosaurus Rex costumes, and they descended on Flemington calling for an end to horse racing. And so puzzled onlookers watched as a group of dinosaurs holding signs that read, horse racing is prehistoric, converged for a race on Monday ahead of Tuesday's Melbourne Cup. And People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA, uh, along with the Coalition for the Protection of Racehorses, organized the protest to encourage a boycott of the race. So could you, that's another visual. I mean, can you see the, the inflatable, I like that part, the inflatable the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Is that the Tyrannosaurus Rexes were in the Botanical Garden fighting in a brawl. That was the only thing that would make this better. Exactly. <laughs> Do they realize that, that these particular dinosaurs were meat eaters? Because I know Peter doesn't like that. No, no. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's really um, profound, Glenn. Another bizarre story. Uh, Oh, you know what? I've been. Jamie's not here, so I've been forgetting to do this. Oh. Sorry, Jamie. (laughs) 
There we um, go. This is truly like our live shows used to be. Um, <laughs> Russia and North Korea restarted train travel for the first time since railway journeys were cut during COVID. So there hasn't been any trains going back and forth between Russia and North Korea. Um, but uh, the first train did, and it carried a load of five stallions and 25 mares of Orlov trotters. And apparently Orlov trotters are Russia's most famous horse and is known, according to veterinary service, for its frolicking trot. Uh, Russia's uh, state news agency said it was the first train since COVID restrictions, and it was not immediately clear why the North Koreans wanted 30 Orlov trotters uh, and why they were needed. But if you remember right, uh, Kim Jong-un is a keen horseman. You always see pictures of him, either with a shirt or no shirt, on the beach riding that big white stallion. Oh, thing. yeah. Remember? Yeah. 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 So I don't. we don't know if this is going to the fearless leader or what's going on with the uh, the horses that have been shipped. But, Interesting. Uh, it's a mystery. I don't know. Do you think that the horses had any say? Do you think they were like, the Russians said, hey, we're going to send you to North Korea. And they're like, hell no, I don't want to go to North Korea. <laughs> Russia's bad enough. I don't want to go to North Korea. <laughs> So, Glenn, I don't know how many of the listeners or if you have seen these ads on Facebook. It seems like every time I start going through pay- Facebook the last couple of days, I've seen this ad for horse-sized Adidas tennis shoes. Yes. Have you seen that? Where the hell does that come from? Yeah, I well, we're going to find out because <laughs> because it says if if you ever wanted your horse to wear tennis shoes, you can match your shoes with your equine companion, but you have to pay over a thousand dollars for a pair of customized horse sneakers. So Marcus Floyd, a Kentucky-based artist, started developing the prototype for a horse sneaker as part of a collaboration with Visit Lex, which is Lexington, Kentucky. Public Tourism Agency. Used to work with them, yeah. Did, yeah, okay, so yeah. you know, you know yeah. them. I, yeah, so anyway, Visit Lex reached out to Floyd ahead of the Breeders' Cup, and Floyd, who describes himself as a longtime sneakerhead, <laughs> had previous experience with shoe design and modification, and so he attended a four-day intensive program called the Shoe Surgeons Academy to learn how to deconstruct and reconstruct <laughs> popular sneakers. <laughs> you know, whoever would think that there was such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> really. I mean, come on. So, so anyway, so the construction of each set of these these horse sneakers takes like 17 hours. And he started buying the sneakers themselves, um like a pair of Air Jordans or something, and then he like deconstructed them and pulled them apart and reassembled them on top of a pre-made protective boot for horses. And then um you know, I mean, they That's look really cool. I was wondering how you would keep the structure. He put them over an he put them over like a a cavallo boot or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so, uh, anyway, prices start about twelve hundred dollars, depending on the complexity of the design. But they look really cool. But I don't know that I'd pay twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. I for think them. Scooter would tear them apart in about two well, minutes. Well, that's it. And, and so I don't see anything about the durability. I mean, do they just look cool and your horse is supposed to stand there? Or can you, like, go down the trail? He's probably had orders after orders for this thing. Oh, don't you think? There's a, yeah, there's lots of rich horse people that would pay for this. And they would just put them on for, for hoots at a party. Probably. Yeah. Probably. They look very cool. They do look cool. And yeah. I, I was wondering how he did it. So he actually de- deconstructed an actual pair of sneakers. I wonder what size he bought. 
like I don't. I guess 17. it would depend on the horse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he got he got Michael Jordan size <laughs> to, to build these sneakers. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 you know as you said. There's probably a ton of people who are willing to pay that. Yes, that's true. Well, now we know where the ads come from. All right. Well, if you want yourself a pair of sneakers, twelve hundred bucks. You can have there. You go. You can have them in uh, in in a few weeks because he's busy right now building for the uh, Breeders' Cup, which is this weekend. It right? is. It yeah, is. I haven't been following much. Have you? I have not. I haven't had time, but I I want to. So well, probably I'll do that tomorrow. This Check Friday, uh, when we when we do the show this Friday, we will have uh, we'll at least get we always get the classic and maybe one other, mm-hmm. and we'll pick our winners by name, like we okay. always do. You know the really scientific way. Yes. So we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about the Breeders' Cup on Friday. Be sure to join us. We also have an update on Friday coming from Kira, our our little twelve or th- I don't know how old she is now, twelve or thirteen year old spotlight rider will be back. She's been out showing and doing her thing, and everybody loves when Kira comes on. So Yay. she'll be here on Friday to give us an update. She's apparently heading to Virginia right now for a show, so she'll be calling from the road on Friday. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Where can people buy the books? Oh, anywhere, uh, Amazon.com, or you can go to my website at lisawysaki.com. And you can find all of the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Very shortly, hopefully starting next week, we're going to be adding in the Equine Network shows. So we're going to be adding some Western shows to the mix and uh, doing all kinds of things. I have an announcement also coming up about the Stable Scoop show, which is going to change gears a slight bit here uh, that I'm excited about. And we, we're looking forward to just adding to the lineup here at the Horse Radio Network. So what's going to happen is after, I think they have 12 shows at Equine Network. After both are combined, they're all going to be housed at horseradionetwork.com. So you'll be able to go to one place. And what's really cool is they have a web team. You know, I was always mm. the web team. You know, yeah. Just me was the web team. So they have a web team that are redesigning the Horse Radio Network site to make it easier to find shows and that kind of thing. And I'm going to see the first drafts of that coming up, too. So we're going to get a whole new look and uh, make it easier to find. With with over 35 shows, we got to have a way so it's easier to find the kind of shows and the episodes that you want. So hopefully the search will be a little better and uh, everything will just make it a little easier for discoverability of shows. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's a lot of shows in one that's a lot. site. Yeah. But that's so, great. I'm I'm yeah. just so excited. I, yeah, just, me too. Because somebody really... else is doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited. All right, hang on, auditors. We're going to do a post show here. We're going to be talking about what we're good at and then what we're not. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. That's right. It is our nonsense. And we went way long on, on Mondays. We did. <laughs> we <laughs> but Heather was great. Yeah, Heather was in the studio and we, we couldn't resist. We were having too much fun. Yeah. But uh, you had the situation this morning that brought up today's topic of conversation. Yeah, so I get out to the barn, and um, so the toilet is running. And it's not overflowing, but it had been running, like, all night. And so I think, oh, how much water did we waste? Uh, we're on a well, thank goodness. But, you know, I mean, I am not a handy person, Glenn. I just, I'm just not. So I called a plumber. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, what else do you do? So we're just so fortunate. We have up like six weeks. 
Well, no. So, so we have a licensed electrician who lives across the street from us, and then we have another plumber or a plumber who whose property backs up to to the back of ours, mm-hmm. and then we and then we have another guy who kind of comes help us helps us out. So, I called I called both plumbers, and, and and so they they between the two of them they talked me through turning the water off, you know, <laughs> which is kind of a basic thing. But I'm really not. A handy person, and so I, I kind of thought that's really that was, bad. You live out there by you know on your I own. know, <laughs> I know, I know. So, but but the thing was is you know you want to turn the water off to that bathroom and not to every place else. Right. So, and we have kind of a convoluted um, plumbing system. So um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so anyway, I turned the I turned the water off, and uh, now now I have to convince one of them to come out and and replace the innards of the toilet, which is what I think is going on. Yeah. And you can do that yourself if you know what you're doing. You just buy the parts and replace it. That's the key. It's it's <laughs> if you know what you're doing. <laughs> See, we've been lucky because uh, Jennifer's family, uh, her dad, and she worked with her dad for a while as an electrician. So anytime electrical stuff went wrong, Jennifer knew how to fix it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That's amazing. So that's nice because she worked for a couple of years for, for her dad as an electrician. Now, she does the basic stuff. If it's more complicated stuff, then we have to call somebody. Yeah. But I can handle some of the plumbing stuff. I'm not one of those that's good at cutting pipe and replacing pipe and all of that. Uh, I know my limitations. But, you know, we're pretty – we've gotten pretty good. The first farm we had was 100 acres, and it was old. So, I mean, we were just fixing stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you, you were young, and you don't have any money, and you just, you just have to. You know, you just have to you have to do it. But now we're at the age where it's like I do like calling people to fix stuff. <laughs> it's like, well, and and like I can fix a fence or I can I can handle something with hammer and nails and all of that. But when it comes to like plumbing or electric or you know hanging a door or something, I just it just my brain just doesn't work that way. You know what has helped that is YouTube. Yes. Uh, because yes. I think, you know, YouTube is a godsend because, you know, I had to hang a door when we moved here and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I watched YouTube and I was able to hang the door thanks to YouTube. If it wasn't for YouTube, how did we build or repair or fix anything before? I don't know. And so uh, a couple of years, I'm glad you brought that up because a couple of years ago we bought this tractor and I was trying to get the bucket off the tractor to replace it with something, could not figure it out. So I just turned to YouTube and like, oh, well, that's how you do it. And, and, uh, it was it was easy. It, yeah, it's just amazing. I don't. I really, honestly, don't know what we did without cell phones before cell phones. No, and then YouTube. I don't know what we did without YouTube. Either. I don't know. It's just you know, and and things break all the time. At least well, in and my if world, you own an RV or a horse trailer. You know that story. Cause oh yeah, they're always oh yeah, breaking. Yeah, I did get good at fixing things in the camper when we had the camper, and now the now the living quarters. I'm getting good at fixing those things. Well, that's Cause, good because you have to because you wait forever to get it, it into a shop nowadays. Well, that's so. just it. And so you, you mentioned the time wait for for a plumber. So my mom, who is 99, and and she's going to hate me for talking about her again. So um, sure, not <laughs> she's not her. Her she water still has heater. A Zoom. Yeah, she didn't even have that. <laughs> she didn't have a computer. She doesn't have a cell phone. Doesn't have anything. Oh, we're safe. But yeah, yeah. So so don't tell her. Anyway, her her water heater was funky, and so she was just getting like tepid water, and so we called the plumber. It was twelve days, twelve days before mm-hmm. the plumber came out. Yep. 
Right now, it's it. like we're waiting. We're, you know, when we moved into this house, I've talked about this before in the show. When we moved into this house, it, the kitchen was original from like the 1970s. And it's a disaster. Yeah. It's just, it, it has no dishwasher. And th- we thought we would be good with that. We thought, yeah, we can wash the dishes. How hard is that, right? Because we've had a dishwasher <laughs> our entire lives. And then we, once you get about six months into not having a dishwasher, you really want Dishwasher. You really want a dishwasher. Yeah, you really do. And I cook a lot, and I always make 10,000 dishes. And so it's like, oh, you know, we need a dishwasher. But then it's like, do we put a dishwasher? We have to cut a cabinet apart to put the dishwasher in because there's not even a hole for one. Right. And it's like, well, there's an old kitchen anyway. So now it's like, okay, replace the whole kitchen. And then if you're going to replace the kitchen, you might as well make the kitchen a little bigger because it's pretty small. And now it's a thing, <laughs> right? And now it's a big thing. And so we go out and we have to get it designed. And now we're waiting for the cook quotes on the kitchen. So they came out and measured and did all of that. And so now we're waiting on the quotes. We figured this is going to be about a $30,000 dishwasher by the time. Yeah, we're... I was just yeah. going to say, that's how a $500 dishwasher <laughs> yes. turns into a $50,000 project. Right. <laughs> we could probably hire somebody to come wash our dishes every night cheaper than building this You could. <laughs> you absolutely could. <laughs> now, to be fair, when we moved in, we knew that we were setting money aside to replace the kitchen because... Yeah. That was one of the negatives of buying this house. It, it will increase the value of this house because the kitchen was a disaster. Oh. We, we painted the cabinets, which made it a little better, but no, yeah, you know, oh. it's, it's a disaster. Yeah. So, so painting's another handy skill, yes. you know. And so, I'm I'm actually wearing a shirt today that we we um you know, built this addition onto the barn. And so we had to paint the boards that were going underneath the gutters. And so I did that. Glenn, I've got paint all over me. I mean, all over. I can't, I can't do something without like trashing myself out. (laughs) (laughs) I am a pretty good painter. I like painting. We painted the entire house with help of some of our listeners, actually. We painted. I saw pictures of that. Yes. We yeah. painted the entire house when we moved in. Every surface of this house got painted inside. And now I'm starting to paint some of the stuff on the outside. But I do like painting. I find it therapeutic. It is therapeutic. Yeah. Because when you're painting, you're just painting. And you really don't – I don't find myself, my mind wander. I just paint. You yeah. know, it's just – it forces you to relax and just paint. <laughs> it does. I like painting, but I can't even – I can't help but get it in my hair and on my face and everywhere. I don't so know you will not be it. playing the handyman in the new t- TV series. I will not. I will not. <laughs> don't so, you? Don't you think Jennifer Lawrence? What I said earlier would be perfect for Jamie. She would be perfect. If you've ever watched an interview with Jennifer Lawrence? Oh she yeah, is the snarkiest, yeah, just most down to earth person that you ever seen. That's a star. Yeah. She yeah, she just comes awesome. out with the wackiest stuff. <laughs> just... She does, but it's all good stuff. It's <laughs> it would good be wacky for Jenner, Jamie. It'd be perfect. It would be. <laughs> Again, I think she would have to, you know, stop doing the stuff that pays fifty million dollars. Well, there's that. Yeah. There's that, and and agree to go on a smaller, you know, yeah. <laughs> channel, and yeah, <laughs> never yeah, that she's that. never heard of before. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> I don't think she's a horse person. Apparently, they had some animals growing up. I saw an interview with her about animals. They did have some animals, goats or something. Yeah. Uh, but not horse. I don't think she's a horse person. No. But, but you know, in the Cat and Write books, you and Jamie really are, are more um, uh, podcasters yeah, versus true. the horse thing. So true. she wouldn't yeah. have to do yeah. any of we that. We will not be in this TV series, people. We're joking about this. They will write us out. Because we are easy characters right out, except for the Well, last you part. might have some cameos. I mean, seriously, because, you know, you are integral parts of the story. You always have, like, a key that is portion true. in there. Especially so, the last book. I mean, uh, that, yes. that, yeah, that, 
Yeah, Jamie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Jamie was almost the murderer. Yeah, yeah. She, she almost. Has or maybe to be she there. is. Maybe she is. We don't know. You have to read. <laughs> Which one was that? The Rain Equation. So, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, go out and get Lisa's books because we're in almost all of them. All except so, the first one. All except the first. I don't even know why know I didn't do that. No, I, I did. Yeah, did we did know? because I, you know, Glenn, I met you and Jen when you did those. Um, those things up in, in Lexington, those uh, new media workshops. Oh, that's right. And that was, what, 2008? Uh, that was early. T- yeah. yeah, 2007, 2008. That's where I met you guys. Do you know how many people we – so for those that don't know, um, it's at the beginning of new media, and we had what we called new media expos a couple of years. Yes. Um, and we had them at the horse park. They actually donated the space for us to do this. Yeah. And we gave them some publicity because of it. But we got like 50, 60 people together from the industry, from all different parts of the industry, mm-hmm. to talk about social media, what was working, what wasn't. That was before Facebook. It, yeah. Was, yeah. That was in the well, it was. Days. It was very early because I remember Jackie Baker talking about Facebook. Yeah. And we're, go, we're all going, what is she talking about? Twitter was big, had just gotten big. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, but then it was still, it was still, what was the one before Facebook? Um, MySpace. Yes, MySpace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. holy cow. And then podcasting, you know, we were starting podcasting, but we had these meetings and it was just roundtables for two days and it was great. Yeah, it we was. It was great. Time. Oh, Frankie Lovato was there and Debbie Lux was there. And um, that's where I met a lot of these people. Yeah, that's where and, I met everybody. And we went one night, uh, I think the second conference we had, Templeton Thompson did a concert yes. for us. Yes. That's right. Yep. That was in a little town in a church. Was it in, uh, was it over near Midway? Yeah, it was in Midway, but was yeah. it in a church? It was like a hall or it looked like a it church. Was like a, it was like yeah. a, it was a really cool, uh, like thrift store or something. Something, I can't that, remember. Yeah. I, I can't remember. That's like a coffee, sh- like a thrift store, coffee shop type thing. It was really cool. Like 14 years ago. But all of those people that came to that are still in the industry and I still see them all and they still talk about that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. Like Jackie Baker is a big job now, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so. So why weren't we in the first book, you loser? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I messed up. You did. You're never invited back. (laughs) Seriously, though, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Oh, it's just fun. You have one more day. Don't forget Friday. I'll be be here Friday. All right, good. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll see you, everybody. Take care.